0: You know, the lessons are, you know, think about the story that you're telling, think about how you're telling it, and then also think about where it will be told. And the combination of those things matter because I think authenticity drives action because it makes the outcome feel more real.
1: Hit it! Ha, that's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. Welcome to Higher Ed Pulse, your Monday morning energizer, covering insights and trends in higher ed marketing and enrollment. I'm Mallory Willsey, bringing over 15 years of ed tech and marketing expertise to your earbuds.
0: And I'm Seth Odell, joining the Pulse with my own adventures from leading marketing at top universities to founding Canahoma, one of the industry's fastest-growing digital marketing agencies.
1: Each week, we bring you the kind of insider insights you typically only find over cocktails
0: with your pals at a conference. It's fast, it's fun, and it's designed for you, the busy higher ed professional.
1: You're not just listening to another podcast.
0: You're checking the pulse of higher education.
1: Higher Ed Pulse is part of the Enrollify Network, a robust collection of podcasts designed to help higher ed professionals like you grow. Explore our other shows at enrollify.org. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the next generation AI student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful and personalized interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com. Welcome back, everyone, to your next episode of The Pulse. Hey, Seth, how you doing today?
0: Uh, I'm doing great, Mallory. It's awesome to see you. How are you?
1: I'm good. Hey, we both just got back from our Disney vacations. So tell me, Lola's favorite ride, was it Cars?
0: You know, I actually think her favorite ride was the treats, um, but she did love everything. She kept up with the kids, you know, Space Mountain in the Dark, maybe not so much. But besides that, she was a trooper. But um, yeah, the snacks and the characters, I think, take the cake still for a three-year-old.
1: Hey, it still takes the cake for a late 30-year-old as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had not one but two French creamsicles at Epcot. There you go. You know, if anyone's done that challenge where you get to drink around the world, I did have to tap out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But you tried. Valiant effort.
1: It was a valiant effort. And indeed, as we teased last week, we have Disney on tap for today's episode. In fact, we're going to be diving folks into the world of Hollywood. We are. Man, it was the days wherein I lived three blocks away from the heart of Highland, Hollywood. Yeah. I, I miss it, but I also don't miss it. Yeah. We won't be talking about character costumes today, though we are <laughs> getting into some entertainment insights and I'm actually going to kick us off. So Seth and I both happen to have a variety of contacts who work at various entertainment companies uh, who are responsible for all sorts of creative and advertisement work. And we wanted to bring some of those insights to you all today just to get some inspiration and and a look outside of our industry. So I'm going to kick us off. Sadly, I don't have a link to share because a lot of this is coming from an HBO insider that I know around advertisement and strategies for video. Hmm. Yes. All right. Yeah, let's go. So the insights are largely around being contextually relevant to the space that you are in. So this is interesting. If you are a subscriber to Max and you are on that ad-supported version, you may notice in comparison to some of the other streaming platforms out there that Max uses this eight-second ad. They also use uh, very strategically ads up front so that it does not interrupt the viewing experience. So Panera does this. State Farm does this a lot as well. They have a big campaign right now with athletes. Mm. But the insight here is to make it contextually relevant, these brands are actually taking credit for the fact that they are putting the ad up front that it is short, and that it will not interrupt your viewing experience. Mm. So they are being very clear about this value exchange. Seth, what do you think about that? You
0: know, I love any contextual advertising that embraces the medium that it's in. Um, and so I really like that. And I also just think that the more clever you can be, the better, because I do think like, the reality is what we're looking for in advertising first and foremost is awareness before action. And so you have to be interesting and you have to be entertaining. And so one of those things means you also have to do something different. Uh, one of the things to be curious about is, are they going to be doing this kind of ad in, you know, 12 to 18 or 24 months? Or does it sort of run its course and it's a little less clever, a little less funny at that point? But right now it's really relevant. It's really different. It's unusual. And so I think for all those reasons, it drives more value. It increases recall. So I love it. I think it's just a really great example of like taking the time to create more intentional ads. An example of that, too, would be um, years ago, Geico did these ads where they really embraced the six-second skip spot in YouTube, and they tried to pack the whole ad into the first six seconds. And it, it was like a total failed creative thing, but it was funny. And it was another great example of like creating for the medium uh, and really embracing the channel and the platform that's delivering the message. So anytime creatives take the effort to get to that level, I love it. And I think, by and large, you see a positive return for doing so.
1: Oh, absolutely. And the, and the data supports that, which I'll share in a moment. But I think it all comes back to respecting the viewer, right? Respecting your audience and you know you're putting an ad in front of them in a space where they would prefer to maybe be paying to not have ads in front of them. So the more you can deliver on that idea of respect and value to the audience, the better. And the insight that shorter ads actually do perform better. And so here's some stats to back that up for those in front ads. What Max will say if you were calling them up and, you know, asking them to uh, be an advertiser on their platform, that the stats are going to tell you are that in front ads that are short and contextually relevant do three things really well. There is a 316 point lift in brand awareness, a search lift of 1,617 points. Wow. And a website lift of 3,150 points. Wow. Oh, yeah. So when you are doing these very contextual, short, highly relevant ads to the audience, the lifts are crazy. It's actually driving people to take more action and go to your site. Now, here's a hot tip. I recently shared this with our Enrollify creator team on a recent town hall that we had. If you're putting a QR code in a video ad, that QR code has to be visible for 13 seconds. That is how long it takes for someone to see it, decide that they want to scan it, pull their phone out, get to the camera app, hold it up to the screen, and then actually scan that ad. Anything less than 13 seconds and you are not going to get the conversion. And how often, Seth, do you see commercials where that QR code just flashes?
0: Totally. Comes up at the end for a couple seconds, like an extended end card. That's, I have not heard that stat. Um, that's really, really interesting, actually.
1: Yeah. Hey, everyone. It's Mallory. I'm hosting the Engage Summit this summer in Raleigh, North Carolina. The theme of the conference is AI Got You. We're not just talking theories. This conference is your guide to understanding and applying AI at your institution. By the end, you won't just get AI you'll be ready to lead your campus through an AI transformation. It's for everyone who wants to use AI to level up everything you're doing. Whether your focus is to recruit or retain, the Summit offers a platform to learn, network, and bring back actionable insights to enhance your student engagement strategies. I hope you'll join me and some of your favorite Enrollify creators in Raleigh on June 25th and 26th, like Jamie Hunt, Dustin Ramsdell, and Allison Tercio. Use the discount code enroll 550 and you can register for just $99. So join us at the Engage Summit this June. Learn more and register at engage.element451.com. We can't wait to see you there.
0: I love that. And I just think um, the other ones, uh, Calm has done a really good job of some interesting ads where they run like a lot of open space and embracing breaks. I don't, I just think anything that, that takes the time to be more contextual is really interesting. But those stats you shared from performance perspective are quite impressive. I'm going to have to rethink if maybe we need to slide some of our own partners in there, perhaps, with, with performance numbers like that.
1: One of my favorites right now is LL Bean. Uh, in the Max space, what they're doing is featuring their products with these eight second breaks. And it's got language like take a seat and enjoy the show or escape the interruptions, right? Clearly contextually relevant to the location that that audience member is in. Yeah. But what they're doing in these ads, like the take a seat one, you see people sitting in L.L. Bean chairs, relaxing and enjoying the view. That's great. The one that says escape the interruptions is a person just floating in a lake. So they're finding these really interesting ways to feature their products in such a subtle way, Yeah. but the stats clearly do indicate you know, that it's working. And, and on those ads in particular, the stats are that 67% say they appreciate the brand more, 65% say they've preferred that experience versus wow. traditional ads, and 64% say they are enjoying the content more compared to traditional ads.
0: Wow, that is really impressive. Yeah. 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 Very cool.
1: So let's continue down this thread of respecting our audience and enjoying content and yes. start leaning into a little bit more about storytelling. And here's where Disney comes into play.
0: Yes, happy to share this story. So, a longtime friend of mine, a buddy from from back home, was part of of uh, the creative team that put out Disney's most recent campaign. It's called "This Is Magic." It came out, I think, at the end of December, early January. Initially, candidly, I hadn't seen it, and so um, he shared it with me, and I, it was a pretty profound impact on me. Um, so, if you haven't seen the "This Is Magic" spot, you know the main spot, the hero anthem, won about 90 seconds. Essentially, it's a campaign where they took real Disney fans and fanatics, actual people, they brought them to the parks, and they filmed them over the series of several days. And they captured these moments that, they, that each time the moment appears that says this is magic. And so unlike the past where Disney was very fast paced, I feel like Disney from a theme park perspective previously sold excitement. If I was being reductionist, I would say sometimes they looked like a Royal Caribbean ad. It was like lots of action and things going on. And it was like, oh my gosh, come to Disney because there's so much happening. This is very drawn out. And these are real moments. So there's sincere, big moments like, a you know, uh, one person proposing to another. But there's my favorite moment was this young girl watching Frozen. And it's just watching her facial reaction as she's seeing the Frozen performance. There's this elderly couple riding in scooters with bubbles. And each time that these moments, they're all long, they're drawn out. There's natural sound. It's just, a, I think, a total departure from how Disney has approached marketing the parks in the past and just really sincere. So before I unpack a little bit more of how they did it and what I learned from it, I just want to pause and get your thoughts, Mallory. Like, I thought this felt very different from Disney, and it, like, resonated with me big time. Like, I loved that This Is Magic spot.
1: Well, I had the chance to watch that spot before I just spent, you know, the last <laughs> week in Orlando. And as I was walking around the park and Disney Springs, you know, like I was almost seeing these little micro moments where I was like, oh, they should be using that. Oh, they should be using that. And I know you just listed your favorite moments, but for me, it was the guy floating in the water. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's just, I, I don't know, maybe I had that L.L. Bean spot on my mind, but like he is just so happy floating in the water. You know his kids are running around somewhere else, but for this one very peaceful moment, they captured him with this big smile on his face and i I loved it. It made me feel like, I was experiencing all of these magic moments with them. Yeah. That delight on the young girl's face or the those three elderly folks riding around in their cars. I'm like, I wanna get in a little scooter and ride with them (laughs) too. Like it just the emotion play is huge. And yeah. I, watching it just brought a smile to my face. And I think that's the point.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, emotion is a huge part of this and bringing out the chance, like for us to, as viewers to feel something and to connect. But one of the components of that connection, I think, is using real people. And so I asked my buddy who was part of the campaign, I'm like, how did you all do this? And he said, you know, we, we went out and found people who we knew were huge Disney fans of all sorts of different backgrounds and demographics. And then we invited them on a trip to the park. And then we filmed them for basically multiple days. And so the final spot includes two or three seconds for each person, but the truth is they were filmed for days. And he said, we did that because one, the longer people are on camera, the more comfortable they get. And then two, we didn't know the moments that we were going to find. And it reminded me of a time early in my career, geez, 10 years ago now. I did that first bus tour for Southern New Hampshire University where we drove a bus around the country and we delivered diplomas to online students who couldn't make it to graduation. And it was real students. It performed extremely well, but also we couldn't commit to what we were going to shoot or what we were going to get. So when we went to do the shoot, I had to tell the CEO, like, you have to trust us. We're going to go capture real moments. And it's high risk sometimes when you try to capture real moments, but it works. Anyway, so when I saw the Disney spot, it reminded me, you know, my own past with real students and real alumni and trying to capture real authentic moments because when you can find that magic... It's real and you can bottle it. It really, really works. And for Disney, you know, they found the magic in their This Is Magic campaign. I just think it's a great elevation for their brand. I think it's just smart. It's it's super engaging. It's emotional. But for all of us as marketers, I think there's a reminder that sometimes really, really great marketing is about turning on the camera and getting out of the way. Meaning that like this spot has probably the least messaging I've ever seen in a Disney spot. It says almost nothing. And that like you don't always have to pack a spot full of value props. You don't always have to over, you know, prescribe or over engineer or direct something. Sometimes the best things you can do is connect real people who love your brand with prospective people you want to engage with and let them see the impact that your product provides when people purchase it. And so definitely a great move by Disney. But for me, it was a lesson that like we can replicate this in higher ed in a lot of different ways. And so um, I took a lot of inspiration from it.
1: Well, those ads might not say much in terms of copy or whatnot or scripted content, but they say so much to the soul like it just is this incredible you know emotional trigger and for disney right like they they're all about that magic so this worked so perfectly for them but i think about just the experience of walking across the quad or walking into the dining hall and seeing that table of friends right like there are these moments that are unscripted and and Highly emotional and just could easily be captured. And while, of course, uh, the Disney spot is still very highly produced, it is unscripted, and there are so many ways that we could bring this to a campus. Even if you don't have the power of a full, you know, video team behind you, like you easily could take your iPhone and find some of these yeah. micro moments and put it on. TikTok or your Instagram stories or, you know, anywhere that you're communicating that supports video.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so when I think back kind of on like what I've seen on the Disney side and how they pulled this off, as well as kind of the anecdotes you shared earlier in this, to me, you know, the lessons are, you know, think about the story that you're telling. Think about how you're telling it. And then also think about where it will be told. And the combination of those things matter because I think authenticity drives action because it makes the outcome feel more real. And feeling is the important thing, I think. And one thing I always remind my teams of is that great Maya Angelou quote, which is, you know, that people remember how you made them feel long after they forget what you said, essentially paraphrasing. And that idea, I think, is so critical that like feelings are almost more important than how we finesse facts and copy in our spots, but it's easy to get tied up with that and worry about it. But I just felt like Disney nailed the feeling side of this, and it inspired me to go back and rethink a couple of things about how I even concept creative myself.
1: That is one of my absolute favorite quotes and, and like a driver for how I live my life. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Uh, but it's I, I mean, I can't say it any better than you just did. Those are incredible takeaways. And I hope that folks listening right now can be inspired by what we see come out of hollywood and and not afraid because obviously they have crazy budgets and lots of you know, production assistance and talent and all these things. but I, I do think there's so much to learn from other industries and as uh, many folks probably know, I have been a huge proponent of the use of video in Marcom for higher ed. Actually, Seth, that is literally how we met each other. It is. It is.
0: More than a decade ago.
1: <laughs> so I I think that anytime we can take um, video-based inspiration from the people who are doing it the best, like we will all be better for it. Folks, if you want to watch that Disney spot, it is in the show notes. I purposefully didn't tell you that until now because I didn't want you to leave our episode and go That was a watch good move. It. That yeah. was smart. Yeah. But it is linked down there, so you can check it out for yourself. Seth, thanks again for another fun and fast <laughs> higher ed pulse. It always is.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always good to see you, Mallory.
1: We will see you all soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. The Higher Ed Pulse is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, enrollment, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks, all designed to empower you to be a better higher ed professional. Our show helps higher ed marketers and admission pros find their next big idea and features a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. Learn from Brian Gross, Eddie Francis, Jenny Lee Fowler, and so many of your favorite leaders in higher ed. Enrollify is made possible by Element 451, the next generation AI student engagement platform, helping institutions create meaningful and personalized interactions with students. Learn more at element451.com.